You're listening to the Beaver Tales podcast, which features exclusive interviews with former Oregon State student athletes. We talk about what they did at OSU, what the transition was like away from college athletics, and what they're passionate about now. Here's a little taste of what's coming up on this episode. They're all elite athletes. Like to me, it was just learning from them as well. Cool stories, learning their mindset. I like the interview process. It, it was great. I love doing those. I love yeah. it. And again, they're terrible. Looking <laughs> back on them, they're horrible. That's coming up on this episode. Now, I use this podcast to give free advertising to charities. So to hear about a great nonprofit you can support, stay tuned to the end of this episode. This is the Beaver Tales podcast with Josh Wharton, who has covered Oregon State athletics since 2013. My guest today is Johnny Motomochi, former Oregon State men's golfer, competed for the Beavers 2008 to 2012. He's a Canadian. That's been a trend recently on the podcast. Just had Leslie Mack. She recommended Johnny Motomochi. He recommended Laura Ann Chong, who I just happened to coincidentally reach out to, and we already scheduled a time with the former Oregon State gymnast. All three of those individuals are Canucks and uh, Beaver alum, so it'll be fun to have Johnny bookended by a pair of Canadian gymnasts. Johnny Motomochi was a great golfer at Oregon State, went on to coach for four years at OSU. He's now a professional golf coach back up in Canada, works in Vancouver. He also was an interviewer himself while at OSU. He studied new media communications, later got his MBA in 2016. And he joins me on this podcast on vacation up there in Canada. So well-rested, sociable, and very relaxed. Please welcome Johnny Motomochi. You said Kelowna, right? Is that what's the little vacation that you're taking uh, with you and, and your wife? Yeah. So yeah, I've been working a lot lately. So the the golf course that I work at is is closed for the week. So we went to a place called Kelowna. It's about four hours east of Vancouver. So we're at this nice Airbnb and just eating food and walking around the town and for a couple of days. So it's been good. Did Corvallis ever remind you of British Columbia at all? Or is British Columbia just too pretty, too majestic that even as good as Corvallis is, it doesn't stack up? <laughs> uh, no, it did. It did for okay. sure. You know, the, the the people and the being close to the water in Newport and um, a little bit of the mountain range too, not too far, not too far away for sure. For sure. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny memory from even, I'll ask about time at OSU, but even before OSU, about five years before you came to Corvallis, you became the youngest player ever to compete in the Canadian Amateur Championship. Maybe it has been a while yeah. since you thought of that memory, maybe. How yeah. far, when you were like 13 maybe at the time, how far could you drive the ball at that point? Yeah, I was 12 because I have a late birthday. So I was okay. 2003 Canadian Amateur. Um, in right in like the 240, 250 range. That's still 200 yeah. more than I've ever hit it. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a pretty big kid. I, I tell people when I was when I was uh, eighth grade, I was I was five eight, and now I'm five nine. <laughs> so you can do the math there. Who do you think is the best sub six foot golfer you've ever seen? Do you, do you have like a, a JJ Berea like idol for instead of basketball, but like golfer who's like <laughs> There's, the thing with the thing with golf man is that, that you can be really be any size and be pretty good. There's a, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. There's a ton. Uh, Rory McIlroy's 
one that comes to mind, Justin Thomas. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of guys under six feet that are good. Yeah. That's yeah, it's not quite basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite the same. With, with basketball, you're always aware of, like, roughly how tall guys are. But in other sports, sometimes you think of baseball guys and you're thinking of all these amazing athletes, and then you look at them next to a basketball player and you're like, oh, wait, that amazing baseball player is only 5'11". I, you forget sometimes that not every professional athlete isn't 6'5 and giant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so once you came to Oregon State and, and spent, you know, four years varsity golf program and, and had some pretty good success, what, what is a favorite memory, a, a Pac-12 meet, uh, meet or, or whatever it may be around yeah. on, on the course? So what would be yeah. a favorite memory from your time playing for OSU? Well, the first one that came to mind, I'll give you one golf one after, but, um, or a couple golf ones. Uh, my, my junior year, we played UW's tournament, and it was the head coach now, John Rehorn's first tournament that he was coaching. And on the last hole at Washington National Golf Club, they had a club throwing contest. It club just, just throwing in the practice contest? Round. Yeah, in the, in the practice round. The Wait, practice round. Like, is this a normal you, thing you do in golf? No, no, okay. not at all, not at all, not at all. So, so on. I think it was supposed to be after the round, but we like John was said, uh, "Go practice your club throw right here." Like just as it's like it was a joke thing after the after the practice round, right? Like this is not a normal thing at all. Okay. So I was either first or second to go, and there's video of this somewhere. <laughs> And I, I try to throw it down the fairway and I let it go way too late. It goes 90 degrees left, <laughs> right? Like I was trying to throw it dead straight down the fairway. It went directly left. I almost took off two of my teammates' heads. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was just on the floor, uh, on the fairway laughing. Um, and every year that pops up on my Facebook or something <laughs> somewhere and <laughs> everyone has a good laugh about it. Um, Wait, just to clarify, when you say club yeah. throw, you you're like just grabbing a five iron and just chucking yeah. the club down yeah, yeah. the fairway. Like, Correct. first of all, Correct. why? But also amazing. And I love it. But but why, though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, Matt Thurman, who's the head coach at Arizona State now, was the head coach at Washington. And he always... He's a pretty outside the box thinking guy. And so his, like there is a competition, there's a fun competition after the practice round uh, to see who could far could throw their club the farthest. And so John said on the 18th hole in the practice round, when we were playing, uh, you guys can practice here, throw your clubs down the fairway. Right. And so that's, that's how it came to be. <laughs> Isn't that bad yeah. for the clubs? <laughs> oh, it's, it's not great. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was a pretty cool memory. Uh, Golf-wise, um, there's one I, I think of from me playing. Um, I was playing University of the Pacific tournament. My, I think that was my junior year as well. I went birdie, 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 hole in one. Ooh. So that was a good little stretch. That's like, to me, like, my t Alex Moore, my junior year, he lost in a six-hole playoff at the Pac-12 championship. Oh. The Pac-10, I guess it was at that point. That was pretty cool watching that. And it was a, I actually coached a little bit after, so that's the ones that come to my mind too. Yeah. Uh, 2013 regionals, David Fink had this plugged lie in the bunker on 18 and needed to make eagle on the last hole for us to go into a playoff to make the national championship. Mm -hmm. And he hit this four iron, not a bad shot, and it was just in the bunker. But it was – I have a picture of it. I took a picture. It was like you could barely see the ball. Uh, right against the lip of the bunker. And I don't know how he even hit it, and he lipped out. 
Ooh. for us to go to nationals. Wow. Um, so that was pretty crazy. But anyway, golf-wise, that's, that's kind of the memories that come to my mind. That's pretty great. As far as beyond golf, you did a lot, you know, beyond just your student athlete, uh, just the athletic part of your time. You're an NMC student, New Media Communications. Uh, you did, I don't know exactly what the, the um, you know, job title was exactly, but you did some interviews like for the athletic department. You're sitting in yeah. Gill Coliseum and you're interviewing yeah, a lot of yeah, the biggest yeah. names of the time. I mean, Roberto Nelson, Allie Gibson, Michaela Stambaugh, or Michaela Hecker now, uh, Mary Claire yeah. Brenner, Angus Brandt, maybe some others also. Yeah. Uh, did you ever uncover like some interesting anecdotes about those players or funny, you know, interview moments from interviewing yeah. a lot of those big athletes? Um, I love doing that, by the way. I loved it. I, I don't, they weren't that good at all, but they were fun <laughs> to do. Um, Roberto's was one of my first ones and man, he has a cool story. Yeah. I just like, I, I still like, I, I coach golf now. I just love, I love just like finding out who people are. Yeah. I still, I, and as a coach, I think I need to, that's a big part of my job. And so, yeah, Roberto had this story with his parents and um, you know, just how he looked at life was awesome. Um, I'm really good. I'm still good friends with Mary Claire. Uh, Angus lived with David Fink, actually the one that I mentioned. Yeah. Leslie Mack as well, who you, who you interviewed, I'm still really good friends with. And so being friends with a lot of them, the only one that I really wasn't friends with was, was Allie or at least knew, knew them a, a little bit, Yeah. Uh, but they're all elite athletes. Like to me, it was just learning from them as well. Right. So cool stories, learning their mindset. I mean, that can only help me, but as well as I loved it, I liked the interview process and I liked how maybe they would be a little bit more open to another student athlete rather than, you know, some scrub like me. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But it, it was great. I love doing those. I love yeah. it. And again, they're terrible looking back on them. They're horrible. I, I liked it and the yeah. bloopers i went yeah. back and watched the blooper reel the yeah. other day it was pretty fun <laughs> i'm glad you i'm glad you liked it oh yeah one for per, one person it, it oh, and, and, and johnny as well johnny hecker johnny hecker too. too oh great yeah. he was he's a great dude he's oh great yeah guy. i'd love to get him on the podcast i just had yeah. angus brant and it was funny to watch him oh. same guy but you could tell yeah. he was just so much younger than you know, what, seven years ago, whatever that was, and baby-faced yeah. almost, and it was it was pretty funny. So you coached, I mean, you said a little bit, but it was, it was like four years at OSU and, and still doing a lot of yeah. coaching now. You talked about getting to know your players and realizing the importance of that. How does that come up in golf in particular? I mean, there's a lot of sports where you know, coaches really are inspiring the, the football player, the basketball player to give it their yeah. all and, and be – really intense golf is a particular sport so how, how do you personally you know develop how to learn about your players and motivate them in the in the sport of golf in particular? It, it is a lot different right it's 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 more on the wrestling or gymnastics realm where it's it's an individual sport in a team environment mm. in, in college and college is the only time besides maybe a Ryder cup or president's cup in golf where you're on a team it's the only time so it is a little bit different and i learned this from john honestly how important it is to get to, to get to know your players. Everyone is motivated differently. They act differently when they're really, when they're their best. And so for us and for me, it was, okay, how do I need to communicate with this person or what drills do I need to give this person in order for them to try to be the best that they can be? Um, and so some people are very 
reserved and detail oriented and then they would need to make sure that i don't know a lot of their fundamentals are really good and then they gain confidence off of that but then there's the person that doesn't care about the details and just wants to win and so you need to remind them of okay this is what you need to do in order to win but i'm going to give you drills that that piss you off a little bit and that make you like want to complete it so just a little bit different that way um and how people think and and how they, yeah, how they're the best. It is interesting that really only college and a couple other times in, in pro golf where it is team oriented. It's so different than like the NFL. You could be a Tom Brady fan, but you can't just root for Tom. I mean, you, you're watching him in the context of a team. What, yeah. what if when golf was invented, the sport was the same and the clubs were the same, but they were just like, the way it works is you have six people in the combined score and, you know, Tiger Woods could only compete on a team. Like, what if that's how golf was invented? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, eh? Um, I, I don't know. It would be a very different deal. It would be a very different deal. I think the only thing that I found very different with college was how important team culture was there and is. Um, I'm trying to incorporate that now with what I do coaching at the golf course, but I, I think it's – you don't really deal with that a lot of the time. Think about think about t- tennis, like when, when pro, pro tennis players. It's not really – you're not really playing with other players unless you're doing doubles. But when you're playing individual, like it's, it's you and it's focused on you and your coach is focused on you and psychologist focused on you and your trainers focused on you. That's kind of how golf is, I would say. Right. For sure. Uh, while you were coaching at OSU, you, you, in that span, I'm assuming it was kind of in the off season, you were caddying a lot. Did the McKenzie tour in Canada, the Japan golf tour, the LPG yeah, yeah. tour. Uh, yeah, that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. What was that experience like traveling the world a little bit and caddying yeah. for some probably pretty talented golfers? Yeah. So that was, it was actually after I coached at, okay. at OSU. So um, I coached at OSU from, 2013 to 2017 and pretty much right after that I started gotcha. caddying um it was a a lull period went in working so it was pretty much the only time I could ever do it I had a couple of people ask me I'm like I gotta do this so okay. yeah I, I first I drove across Canada and caddied in four events from Vancouver to Kelowna to Winnipeg to Thunder Bay to Montreal like it was literally to Quebec wow. we went across that was fun and I flew straight from Montreal to Scotland and I caddied uh, at the Scottish Women's Open and the Women's British Open. Came back. Next week, came, went to the Canadian Open back in Toronto. Uh, sorry, it's Ottawa. And then came back, drove down to Portland, caddied in the, the Portland Classic, came home. So that was, I don't know, like a month and a half with Becky, Becky Morgan, who was, used to be the volunteer assistant at Oregon State. I don't know if she still is or not. but And then I want to say... A month after that, I went to England to caddy in uh, the European Tour qualifying for Nick Sherwood, who's you might get on the podcast too. Maybe I'll, he's he's awesome. Um, then I went to two months later. I went to Japan and caddied for a guy that I coached, Brian Jung, and then came back. And then a month and a half later, I went back with Nick to Argentina. Ooh. So that was the yeah, was unbelievable experience. And I and I probably won't be able to get to do that again. So <laughs> it was great. It was that great. Took great you players. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Could you have made that full time if you just want to be like, I just want to caddy my whole life, just do that all around? I don't know how that would work logistically, <laughs> yeah. but could you have yeah. done that? I think so. 
I think I could have through connections and stuff like that. Uh, it's a hard lifestyle though. It's a really hard lifestyle and it's hard work. <laughs> it's hard work, man. <laughs> uh, luckily the people that I caddied for were pretty nice. Yeah. Um, were really nice. And, but it's a grind. Like it's 25 weeks a year. And you're, I would say that the caddy in some respects works harder than the player. Mm-hmm. Um, time wise, we're talking time. Yeah. Like some, some players get their caddies to go out to each marker on the golf course, like literally every single one, which there's, there can be up to, I don't know. I don't even know, like 20 plus a hole and, and, get their range, their laser or range finder, which detects how far it is and get the actual yardage, <clears throat> which takes them hours and hours Yeah, before they even, before the player gets there. So it's pretty hard work and it's pretty detail oriented. Um, I, I don't know. It'd have to be the right person for me to do it, but I, I think I maybe could have maybe. Yeah. What was yeah. your, strategy caddying i'm guessing some guys are more active oh use this club oh try this approach and other ones are more like yeah you do what you want i'll talk if you ask me how did you approach it that's a great question and it's very true it totally each person was totally different so i caddied for four different people the first one was uh got really quiet when he started to play bad like when he started to play bad it was like he could turn bad quick and so my job was to not make get him there Mm. <laughs> you know it was like more psychologist part okay i i would say <clears throat> becky she like she knew i just was just basically along for the ride with her <laughs> i just carried her bag make sure i kept up um try to I, and for me i was just trying to make her laugh more than <laughs> anything uh but she knew her yard just so well she'd been on tour for t- almost 20 years so she kind of knew she knew what she was doing she would call me in for a read every once in a while on, on pots. Um, but it was, didn't do much for Becky. Nick was the one I did everything for <laughs> Nick would, I would get everything. He wouldn't even get, he wouldn't get a yardage. I would get the yardage for him. He would ask me what club I would tell him that I would think it's like a three quarter seven iron or, or whatever. Um, this is the target. Like I did everything for Nick and, and he liked it. He liked it. And, but if I did that for Becky or did that for the first guy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And then Brian was the last one. Um, and he was, uh, I, he was so detail oriented and he called me in for reads every once in a while as well. But we, the shot into the green was very thought out. And so we both got yardages and we're both looking at it and it's, it was a, it was a deep conversation on each shot. Mm-hmm. So it to- again, goes back to like, how do you motivate each, how do you talk to each person? Right. And, and everyone was different. Yeah. I wonder if that's a tr- not a trend necessarily, but because uh, like you played psychologist for a little bit, at least depending yeah. on the golfer, if that would become more of a thing where you want a caddy who's sure experienced in golf and knows what they're talking about in that area, but yeah. they're also like kind of a counselor too, if people kind of value that a little bit. There's a lot of different hats caddies put on. A yeah. lot. <laughs> that's one of them. Yeah. Um, I'm no expert golfer, obviously. I've used a little bit of like the golf simulator where you're hitting it into the screen and it and gives yeah. you the reads and, and what happens and all that. But that was like seven years ago, the last time I ever used that or basically played yeah. golf at all. 
what's yeah. the what's the nicest or newest technology that golf has brought out whether it's something with a simulator or other equipment mm. like what what's some technological advance that golf has made in the last few years it's a really good question the use of radar like you said the the simulators has been crazy and how good it's gotten there's a device called trackman and they're on like four the fourth or fifth version maybe where it detects how the club came through the ball, how the ball came off, where it hit on the club face. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, and we use that a lot for coaching. It shows how far it goes in real time. It can show you at a certain weather, how far it goes, how it reacts. It shows you how you can maximize your, your distance for that shot. There's also, and it's based out of Corvallis, there's something called gears and with gear sports and gear sports and, and the men's golf team or and the women, they have it in their studio upstairs at Gill. So basically you put dots on like a, like you're going in for a video game mm -hmm. and it detects your avatar and, and it connects to a club too. And it shows your whole swing and it can show it in real time. It can play it back. It shows 360 degree angle. <laughs> you should get, you should get John or Don to, to show it to you. It's, it's, it's insane. And it's based out of Corvallis. It's like 10 minutes away. Wow. Yeah. And so we have, we actually have it now at the golf course that I'm at. Okay. Um, so we use it. We use it quite a bit. It's, uh, technology has changed golf coaching and, and playing to be honest, quite yeah. a bit. It's crazy how much you could learn, even if you're the one who hit the ball and yet you still see, Oh, that's how the ball came off the club and you were the one who hit it. And you, there's still so much you might not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The really good ones know, but definitely, you know, your average Joe golfer is, is going to be like, whoa, that don't, that went that far or that's where I hit it on the club face or, whoa, I swung like there's club path on there. It's called through the ball. So like, whoa, I swung that far into out on my path, you know, like certain things you're, you get dumbfounded by. If I used it, what would it tell me if I just swung and missed the ball completely? How does it help me there? <laughs> it does. <laughs> so we got to make contact first. Oh, Josh. man. <laughs> All right. I'll have some work. Contact's important. <laughs> in, in most sports, contact's pretty important. Okay, real question. If I'm yeah. on a golf course and I swing and miss the ball, that doesn't count as a stroke, right? It does count as a stroke. Oh, shoot. It's yeah, it's attempt to hit the ball. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to hurt me on my golf career later on. I'm going to be doing that a lot. <laughs> no, if, you're I, if you're missing the ball quite a bit, then you probably shouldn't pursue golf as a career. <laughs> I really thought that it wouldn't cause a stroke and then there's no harm. No, I always yeah. hit it. It just goes about 10 feet. It just right. rolls on the ground, you know, right. That's yeah. what happens, but it's not, still fun. Not that fun. Not, <laughs> not that fun though. Yeah, okay. It'd be nicer. It'd be nicer if it went a little farther down. A, li a little bit. One could help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now you're at Morgan Creek, uh, performance yep. golf Academy. When you're, when you're not on vacation, what's your, what's your day to day look like there? Yeah. I've been really busy. Um, on and honestly with COVID golf's been booming. Um, so yeah, I'm usually there six days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day. Just rolling through people coming in. Um, you know, I, it, the type of players people ask me like, who do you coach? I go, well, I have two six year olds that are just, I, I, I run them through some, like we, I drop a basketball on the green and ask them where it's going to roll. Huh. I, 
bring them with a soccer ball and they run through some cones and and then we hit some balls at the end you know like yeah. it's from that to uh this woman emailed me last night saying how happy she was and she's like 73 years old and just started playing you wow. know so <laughs> and then i have some elite juniors and uh i started to coach a couple of guys that are playing you know mini tour golf as well so it's across the spectrum of who i coach and yeah it's been great it's been awesome there yeah that's that that'll teach you a lot about coaching to, to go different 73 to six years old whatever it is like you'll learn a lot on both ends of the spectrum totally, totally. Uh, that's awesome um what what's an area outside of golf uh, that that has been momentous for you i mean you've been married uh, traveling around the world a little bit since you finished your college athletic career 2012 i believe it was you know eight years of yeah. personal growth and maturation yeah. and becoming a new johnny motomochi so how have you changed as a person and learned in life in, in that time span nice job of pronouncing my name by the way thank you it was perfect <laughs> how have i grown man that's a good question a lot a lot um I just, I've always, I always try to learn off of people. I feel like just me as a coach, me as a person, it's just a bunch of other people as well as me. Like, so, you know, being around new people uh, outside Oregon State, I, I don't know. I just feel like I try to just get a little bit better and better, you know, <laughs> at what I do and, and uh, who I am. I, I guess the one big thing, I don't, I, I mean, we don't, this is pretty deep, but my mom passed away a couple years ago. Uh, so that that's probably changed me the most. If you're talking about one event, um, yeah, three years ago now, so two years ago. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the biggest thing for sure. If we're talking again, if we're talking about one event yeah, and it's, it's changed, it's changed me quite a bit. Huh. How, how, where would you say is the biggest area if it, that it's changed you? probably appreciation yeah. a little more yeah yeah not that i wasn't appreciative before but but even even more so now for sure yeah 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 i appreciate that yeah uh, of course yeah i i said johnny motomochi and then i thought would i be pronouncing that wrong and then i wondered how would i miss what's the worst you've heard how, how have you heard people oh. mispronounce it oh man <laughs> well i get a lot of metomachy now because that's oh, how serious but siri pronounces it that way Oh, come on. <laughs> I, when I was, you know, my funny, uh, what I tell people is when I had a, when I had a substitute teacher in elementary school or high school or whatever, they would mispronounce both my names. How do you mispronounce Johnny? Well, J-O-N-N-I-E, right? So, um, still though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Junie or I've got Junie a lot or Joni and, uh, Motomoshi. Mata Machi. Uh, oh, it's butchered. I think people just see the length of it and go, they freak out more than anything. <laughs> uh, oh, then the CH can be like a K. So Motomokai. I'll get every once in a while. I guess. Like if you had told yeah. me it was Motomoki, I would have been like, okay, fine. But there's no way I would have gone to that first. Like that, right, right, that wasn't right. getting me my guess. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's it's been absolutely butchered. I don't even care anymore. You're like, yeah, sure. You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> jo Joni. Call you Joni. Yeah. yeah. Um, couple couple last things. Uh, this yeah. is this is gonna bring you back. You may not even remember this, but I have a feeling you do. Uh, back when you were 
at OSU. You and I, both fellow KBVR alums, you know, yeah, spent some yeah. time in, in the booth, probably at Snell yeah. Hall at the time when, when you were there. I spent some time in Snell yeah. and, then, and then the SEC where it's at now. Uh, on the airways of nice. 88.7. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so you did this sports show with, uh, was it Kiger? I forget how, what his last yeah. name was. Um, yeah. And yeah, Kiger Plus, yeah. Kiger Plus, yeah. yeah. You did this segment where you decided to determine the best athlete in America. Okay, very fun. You know, college guys just talking sports. And you make a bracket, right? A 64 yeah. or maybe it was 32 people. And you go head to head and you, you vote on it or talk about it and decide. Here's my beef, though. Johnny, I got some beef with this. <laughs> this is how, hilarious. How That's a the, deep dig. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. How in the world did you, as a golfer, allow Blake Griffin to be a number one seed and Tiger <laughs> Woods a number eight seed? Okay, I know he was like injured and whatever, but Tiger Woods a number eight seed? Come on yeah. now. <laughs> hey, I had a co-host on that too, okay? Yeah, but uh, you're 50%. Okay. Who won that? And that you one, remember? not Tiger Woods. Uh, he lost. The whole thing, I don't, I want to say either like Bo Jackson or. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it shouldn't have been Blake Griffin. He's great, but he doesn't <laughs> deserve to be a number one seed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't even tell you. I don't have an answer for that. That's, that's just bad. <laughs> there are some things, because I, I actually did a podcast last week, too, and he pulled some that, like, I just never, I haven't thought about it since. Right? That was nine years ago, probably, uh, at least. So <laughs> I have no answer for that. Sorry. Um, That's okay. <laughs> speechless. That's okay. That, that, I, there's no answer you could have given that, that deserve, that would have answered that. It's just a, an unanswerable question, but fun to remember. Yeah. Good, good memory. I love doing that stuff. It was, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. That's college. That's college radio, you know, just yeah. talk about best athletes. What was the other podcast you did last week? It was a local golf one. Oh, okay. Um, BNC golf. It's called. And so the the host is actually works at the golf course I work at as well. Nice. So that was fun. Last thing or two, tell me yeah. your story of hitting, getting a hole in one. What, what was the story there and how that felt? Right. So yeah, it was Pacific's tournament. I can't even think of the course. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I forgot. I can picture the hole and everything, but yeah, I just came off. I went birdie, 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 and then eleventh or twelfth hole, and it was one. 37 back left flag into the wind a little bit and I hit a three-quarter nine iron it landed like three feet behind the hole and spun back in wow yeah that was pretty cool I think it was 12 at I forgot Brooke something Brooke I forgot (laughs) I forgot that's so bad yeah but yeah it just that you could see it the whole way it disappeared I had my little mini freak out and went from there do a little dance a little celebration yeah. or keep it calm act like you didn't it was, i think no no no. i never keep it calm uh it was i think it was like a little yell and a call a few high fives i like that I, pre, I pre, pre-covid high fives yes yeah, yeah yeah it's sad to me if people get such a big moment like that and then don't celebrate because how often do you get the chance to celebrate a hole in one i mean do it don't be crazy but like yeah let it out a little bit like yeah, you get yeah. a hole in one once in your life probably a couple yeah. times if you're really lucky none if you're me like you celebrate a little bit <laughs> the yeah when you said calm i i don't think anyone's described me as calm so <laughs> that's that wouldn't happen all right well johnny I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation i don't think i've laughed this much in any of the podcasts i've done so this is great thanks so much for coming okay. on 
<laughs> Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I love my time in Oregon State, so anytime. Well, that was a really fun conversation with Johnny Motomochi. I, I could tell we talked a little bit afterwards, and he was talking about other student-athletes he'd recommend to come on the podcast, and you could tell he's so well-connected, had so many friends, not just in golf, but other sports. And a lot of student-athletes, they have friends within their team and knew all the people that were their teammates. But Johnny, you could tell he had friends all over the, the student athlete community and, and beyond at OSU. And he said, well, that's just because I talk a lot and I don't shut up. But hey, that works. And you could tell why he's a pretty likable guy. Well, hey, by the way, before you go, uh, there is a charity I'd like to recommend. I just give some free exposure on this podcast to nonprofits who do amazing work all over the world or locally. The one I'm mentioning today is Food for the Hungry. You can donate there or sponsor a child regularly or make a one-time donation. They do awesome work helping people rise out of poverty, both domestically, abroad, and empower them to successful lives at the next level and at the next stage of life. So check out more of what Food for the Hungry does at fh.org. I'll put a link in the description for this episode. Again, that's fh.org. My thanks to Johnny Motomochi. I've got a ton of interviews coming up. I've scheduled way too many of them. I scheduled a couple of gymnasts. I mentioned Laura Ann Chong. Also, Joy Selig, three-time national champion. The next episode will be former Oregon State pitcher Ben Wetzler, not to mention former baseball coach Jack Riley. Also, his daughter, who is an OSU tennis player, Pam Airy, and lots more beyond that as well. So stay tuned for those conversations. So many interviews coming out right here on the Beaver Tales podcast. I've been your host, Josh Warden. Until the next time we meet, good night, everybody, and go Bees. Go Bees.